Welcome back to another episode of the Heart Square podcast. In this episode, we chat to two of our business change consultants here at Heart Square, Lauren and Billy, and we chat about what can clients do to contribute to project success. Yeah, thanks, Ellie. As you say, we've got uh, Lauren and Billy with us today, and they both have, have delivered and are delivering uh, a number of projects to clients. And, you know, we talk a lot about how a lot of our work is people management and, and helping people to succeed. So I think they're really well positioned to talk to us about, you know, what it, what it is that clients can do can, to contribute to the project, as you say. Um, yeah, be good, be good to get their perspective on this. Yeah, definitely. They have a really good perspective, like you said. So um, we'll just get started into this episode. This week, we are discussing what can clients do to contribute to project success? And we are doing that with Billy and Lauren from HeartSquare. So before we get into the discussion, um, Billy and Lauren, I wanted if you could introduce yourselves. If Billy, you could go first. Thanks, Ellie. Yeah, I'm Billy, a business change consultant here at uh, HeartSquare, so working predominantly um, with charities um, at the moment on a long-term implementation project. Cool, thanks. And Lauren? Uh, I'm Lauren. I'm as well one of the business change consultants at HeartSquare um, and similar to Billy, working on, I've got a couple of big implementations at the moment with membership organisations and charity. Thanks, guys. Yeah, so as Eddie said, we're going to talk today about kind of what clients can do to contribute to project success. You know, you both, you mentioned you're currently working on implementations for charity and membership clients, but you've got a bunch of experience, I know, you know, over the past several years working with with a number of our different clients. And I mean, I guess we're all after that kind of elusive project number one, client number one, you know, what does a perfect client look like? So maybe just start with a um if you could if there was kind of one characteristic or one thing that a client could do to really help you on your way that you could get all of your clients to do up front yeah no not no simple questions to start but um what would that one be that one thing billy did you want to go first to that one sure yeah no thanks for a good good question i think for me i think that the the number one most important thing is clarity so having a real clear understanding in your mind you know when you when you work with us you know what do you want to achieve? So I think being really clear on those long-term objectives of a project. So it could be a, a new CRM, it could be a new website, but I think being really clear on those objectives and what you want to achieve at the end, I think, and having that clarity of purpose when we start, and of course it will evolve over, you know, over time. Once you start talking to technology partners, it will change. But I think if you're clear at the start on what you want to achieve, I think it will help move things along at a quicker pace um, rather than maybe taking a bit, bit more time to get into it. Yeah, I would say for me, it's prioritising the project. You know, it's a project is very time consuming for an organisation. We're lucky the project's our job. That That is our BAU. Um, whereas clients, it isn't. They have their day to day job that they have to do alongside working on the project. And it can be very time consuming. Certain points of the project when we go into testing, it's almost a full time job for somebody. And I think for a client, being aware of that and prioritising, if the project is the priority, um, most times it is because it's time sensitive, making sure that the project is the priority, that staff know that and that they've got sufficient support in place so that their staff can focus on it, whether that's backfill, um, whether that's, you know, changing job descriptions for a short while so somebody else can take on somebody's role 
that's a struggle that I think most of us face with projects and something that would really help us. Interesting. <laughs> so Billy, not to just kind of put those two together, well actually no, to put those two together, is that one of the areas um, where clarity up front is a kind of expectation set in, you know, so that everyone knows both you, you describe what, what they're trying to achieve, but also the how you're going to achieve and what it's going to take. Is that one of those areas where clarity, which I get, you know, but where clarity is it's really, really important up front? Yeah, I think you're right, actually. And yeah, yeah, I think Lauren's point has almost gone into a bit more detail and what and I think that's one of those areas. So I think understanding that, you know, this project is a priority for the organization and being clear on that. I think if we can get that at the start. And I think Lauren's very right on the resourcing side of things. I've seen a lot of projects are challenging when people have a number of other projects to do and BAU uh, alongside projects. But I think like I say, yeah, I think if we're clear on on the priority and what we're trying to achieve and giving people those clear clear goals, I think it will help move things forward a lot, a lot quicker. So yeah, it's it I think what, what Lawrence said is sort of maybe expand a little bit on what I around clarity point at the start. Yeah, they're both very definitely related, aren't they? Um, because it is about, like you say, everything, I think you said up front, kind of clarity of vision, clarity of objective for the project. And then it's kind of developing that theme, isn't it? To say, OK, and it's a priority and this is what it's going to take um, because, yeah, it's going to take a lot of focus from the organisation and effort from individuals. Um, and it's, I mean, is that an area like when we talk about, again, you know, sticking on topic of how they contribute to the success, is it is it flipping that around is it that you have that challenge you face that challenge routine of people's availability to you is that kind of one of those key things that you see that inhibits your ability to kind of succeed the way you'd like to yeah i, I think so i think yeah lauren, lauren might have a, a view on this as well but yeah i think so i think there's, there's definitely been some challenges where maybe there's been some mixed meshing especially around i would say a project sponsor and being really clear on what those roles and responsibilities are because even though they might not be day-to-day -day involved in the in the project the importance of that role and understanding that role and the time involved in that role to make key decisions at key points um, and really sometimes bring people along especially by having challenges I think being really clear on that and having the time dedicated to that in the project is, is so so important and can really derail things if, if we don't if people don't have that but also it's our job to make sure people understand why that role is important yeah <clears throat> Lauren is that something um that you've seen as well because I mean we do talk a lot about you know the need for clear project sponsorship you know on the you know within the client we have our own sponsors obviously but you know we we talk about the role of the project sponsor and how important it is to for that person to have a particular role and understand it is that part of actually kind of prioritizing the project and setting it within the organization it's not just about they how they support the project it's how they support their organization delivering the project would that be fair yeah, absolutely. It's the message ideally comes from the top down. It's very hard for people. The people that are mostly affected with what we do, we majority of the time are implementing new CRM systems that are used by people on the ground. But they're not the people that can make the decision to say this is the priority. I'm not doing my normal day to day work. That message has to come from the top. And your sponsor normally wouldn't use the CRM day to day. They wouldn't be as involved as, as I said, the people on the ground, the people that are going to be more involved in your testing. But they need that guidance. They need that leadership to be able to, you know, let them know, set that expectation at the beginning. This is the priority. And also to make sure that that's actually enforced later down the line. It's great having that message said at the kickoff, but 
six months, nine months later, staff need to know that they've still got the support to be able to push back and say, no, I'm really sorry, but this is the priority. This is what I've got to focus my time on. Well, and within that as well, it's just something I know we've spoken a lot about within our training programs and our um, you know, our webinars that we run is sort of the importance of communications within the organisation. So from sort of, as you said, Lauren, the top down to those who are actually going to be using the CRM, for example, at the end of the day, would you say that that's sort of those clear communication plans and things like that throughout is is something that is going to ha- really help to contribute to project success from a client's perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's involving the right people at the right time with the right amount of detail and it's it's an art you know every organization's different you don't want to overburden people with too many comms to the point that they don't actually read anything um but at the same time you do want people to be aware of what's happening um to have visibility of the system even if they're not directly involved in the project um one of the uh, clients that I've worked with their comms that when they went out they had a different voice every comms so they had you know standard standard information in there with what's been going on almost a topic to each comms and members of the core team would take it in turns I did a piece for one of the comms um, the tech partner that we're working with the CRM consultant there wrote a piece for one of the comms and that was really nice having different people's perspectives come into the comms um, and it was at the right level for that time in the project as it gets closer to go live you would expect that to be different and the level of detail to change but yeah absolutely I think having the right comms going out to the right people is really important. Yeah and I just I just echo um, what Lauren said there I think it's important depending on the size of the organisation as well so obviously if we're working with big organisations it might not be possible to have say an all staff meeting if you've got hundreds and hundreds of people but having that sort of filtered down to the right people is really important. And I think something obviously uh, I've done on previous projects in more in more normal times, you know, we did an all staff meeting at the start of the project and then we'd maybe have an email comms and maybe just tailor it and maybe do drop in sessions for people to attend. And I think it is, like Lauren said, it is about just adapting what works best for your client. But I do think, you know, keeping everyone involved and informed, um, especially um, at the moment, is, is really important and not sending really long emails, I think, as well, just keep that engagement um, as the project progresses. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think um, it's something I know we've talked about before uh, internally in terms of uh, having your project team, your project board and project team, you know, getting that structure right so that people also appreciate their role is as a representative of others within the organization then they need to be a channel um so that like you say for want of in-person or staff meetings you know that there's a virtual cascade sometimes of information and importantly it has to be two-way right because you i'll put words in your mouth but you want to be I, in my experience you want to be hearing what the people on the ground are actually thinking of the project you want it to be a reality for them and then you want them to you want to know how they are actually experiencing it how in touch with it they are how positive they are because that's again part of your change work isn't it to make sure that the adoption of the new technology once it's implemented you know is is widespread across the organization so again plays into clarity of message clear roles to cascade information and to feed it back into you guys running the project um, and making sure the project has got the right visibility and priority within the organization so back on your you know your opening points i think that comes around nicely 
in, into into those ones that you've raised there it's a different aspect of it sorry Lauren you were going to I'd say yeah something that just cropped up when you're saying that is it's then it's really important to have the right people in the right roles your project team that they are representing their department um, you need somebody that's going to be engaged that's going to be positive that's going to give a positive message back to the organisation but also somebody that's quite confident to speak up if they don't agree with something to give an honest opinion you don't want to you know carry somebody along the way in the project that ends in a product that actually isn't usable um, and isn't great for their team so I think it's really important We'll probably touch on that for you know different parts of this podcast but I think it's really important especially in that role that we've got the right people in the right roles. Yeah do you find I suppose to be a, a risk in being slightly controversial but do you find that sometimes project teams and boards are selected because of people's hierarchical roles within their organisation as opposed to their knowledge skills and ability to input to the project both through capacity and um, and their clarity actually of vision for what the project's all about. I'll put that one out there. You don't name names, right? <laughs> no, cool. Uh, no, I, I I agree with that. And I think actually I, I, would, I would echo what, what Lauren said. I think it's about having and it's having that two way voice. And I think that's so important to not underestimate people who are on the ground using a, a new CRM, feeding back and getting them involved, even if they're not that senior level, because ultimately for the project to be successful, you know, they're the ones, the, the users of it, they're going to need to adopt a new way of working. So I think it's really important that they feel supported and can feedback. Um, and I think that comes back to that project team. It's about having the right people on the, on a project team. It shouldn't necessarily be the most senior people. It should be the people, the SMEs with the knowledge and then having that separation between uh, a project board does and a project team, I think is actually really important and not to, they're not the same things and we are looking at different outcomes. And I think the more that we can sort of understand that and establish that at the start, I think the more likely we are to be successful. But I appreciate also that is a, sometimes a bit of a challenge maybe for people to to not be as involved and maybe let go a little bit and trust some other people to, to move things forward. I would say as well, one challenge that I think we have is some of the clients we work with have legacy systems that they have been using for a long time and their processes have have had to fit what the system can do and we are working with them you know to move them onto a new CRM that has a lot of functionality that can really streamline and improve their processes but it's it's having the right balance of the project team who can input who know the processes well enough to be able to you know fulfill the role in that aspect but also there may need to be decisions made about changing a process we, we do ask tough questions and the tech partners will frequently say we're a critical friend. We will ask you, why do you do that that way? Why can't you do it that way? And try and challenge people to, you know, really think about what they're doing. So you also need to have people that are equipped to make decisions on the project team um, and that can objectively look at the processes and say, actually, no, maybe we should change that. Maybe we should do things differently. Yeah, and there's a leadership shout out there, isn't there, for those for the leaders of those organisations to empower teams to challenge what they've done previously, to be confident of making those decisions. Um, and again, is that something maybe coming down? I suppose you would you say yeah, coming down from project boards to set their project teams up to make those decisions because the clear decisions is important. Timely decisions is one that actually that sometimes I know can you know can knock a 
a project out of whack on it out of sequence um if if the, the people yes it's not about not making the decision about not making it in time or um yeah in line with what the dependencies in the project are is that something you think that actually yeah organizational leadership and project boards need to take kind of take responsibility for for making sure their project teams do feel confident in making those key decisions and in challenging well we've always done it that way yeah i think yeah i'll, I'll come in yeah I, th I think so i think it is about almost setting that expectation at the start that you are empowering these people to make those decisions and be challenging right i think that the majority of people that we work with want to do projects because they want to change the way that they work and they want to improve process or improve tech or both so i think it is really important that that project team has the, the confidence to make those timely decisions and i think it's, it's obviously important to have a discussion about it but actually not making a decision is sometimes worse than than, than making one and being confident with one um and that especially if you're on a tight timeline um and especially at the moment when we're all working remotely there is maybe a bit more challenge around getting getting that confidence and convincing people so i think again it comes back to that starting piece and being confident enough to, to empower that, that project team with their roles and responsibilities to to push back and challenge ways of doing it yeah and do you think do you find that your you know the kind of project leads that you're working with um would relish that opportunity do you, you know because obviously you need the confidence of a leadership team to give out to delegate that authority almost yeah but people within your project team then have to have the confidence to to take up that challenge as such is that something you feel that they do have sorry i i'll be honest i think some yes and some no but i think sometimes it's maybe about confidence issue um so i think it, de it depends on who the, the project lead is but i'd say yes yeah, some relish the opportunity to make a change and, and, and work forwards but i think other times there may be and it comes back to what lauren said about legacy systems and maybe there is some discontent sometimes to move away from legacy systems where there is a lot of knowledge and i think again that's the project's job the organization's job our job to sort of help and work with people to show them the way forward and overcome that but i think maybe there's sometimes is people are in a project lead role because that's an area of expertise but maybe they're not the right lead in the role so i think it's about actually understanding who the best person is for that lead even if maybe they don't have that the in-depth expertise knowledge of a particular product yeah so if we come back to the original question then of what can clients do to contribute to project success the identifying who to identifying who to be involved in the project in very specific roles is absolutely fundamental isn't it you know from from leadership to project board to project team to business leads it is the people at the heart of that who are actually going to help you because you're what you're doing is you're not managing tasks you're managing people really that's what everybody what it comes down to isn't it so having the right having the right people in those roles and with them having clear understanding of what their role is is that the piece that really would you know improve you know enhance your ability to deliver success yeah it is it is all about the people i think a difficulty that we face sometimes is that a lot of the organizations we work with aren't huge mm. you've not got huge pool of people to draw from um and i think something that we are aware of and that we try to do is to set out at the beginning roles and responsibilities but also making sure that the organisation takes some ownership of that to make sure that everybody that's involved in the project knows what they are expected to be doing. Yeah, and is given the capacity to do so, particularly yeah. like you say, with um, with smaller organisations, and you're right, that's what the majority of our clients are, 
um, the, the smaller end, <coughs> you know, of scale. And it is that thing, isn't it, where you have the right person, you know, with the right knowledge, the right confidence, whatever it is, and then they just don't have the capacity to dedicate to the project. And that's where, yeah, we need to, yeah, you are shoring them up, but actually what they really need is some backfill to give them the headspace to get the best out of this temporary state of project, you know, being yeah. in project mode. Yeah. 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 Do you absolutely. see that? Have you seen that as well, but really? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that that's critical, especially in, in small organizations that there might be only one or two people per, per team. It is it is about making sure that they're also not overwhelmed with, with things and almost try and do too much. So it is also us being there to support them with that and then you know helping you know, make a case for if there is a, a need for a backfill for a temporary period of time um and not almost getting to you know be and separating the BAU from project and they are quite two distinct pieces of work um which I think is really really important but yeah I think it's been really clear at the start and, and us providing that support to the organization um in making those decisions I think where we can really add value okay and do you think Sorry, Ali, you were going to say something. Yeah, no, I was just going to say it's just um, sort of an interesting point is around sort of that coming back to that clarity again is around sort of when you first start a project, is it part of it would you think would be kind of helpful to ensure more success down the line is just to perhaps have a better for clients to have a better knowledge about what it's really going to take and what it's going to take from their team as well in terms of what the roles are that are really required and who's going to be best suited to them is that sort of clarity around that at the beginning do you think that that's something that we should do more of or help the client do more of um it, yeah just going forward well it's kind of profile them you know give a, yeah. kind of a role profile yeah what do you think guys i think we try to um it is quite alarming when we say at the start of a project this is how many days your project lead is going to have to spend on it um this is how much time it's going to take from your project team you know you're normally starting with discovery which is you know, quite time consuming and resource intensive when we get into testing again saying this is pretty much a full-time job for the key members of staff it can be quite daunting and I think sometimes clients think that we're overestimating it until it gets to that point um projects as well have a tendency dates tend to shift and so you may have your team say yep yeah, we're all available and then something happens it's delayed for a week and suddenly half of them are on holiday the following week um, having that flexibility is really difficult as well. So I, I, I think we try to, but maybe working working more with the with our clients so that they really understand day to day what's going to be involved um, and the change in nature of dates. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I, I actually agree with that, and it, it kind of echoes a little bit what Lauren was saying, but also I think it. Is it, you know, should we actually maybe look at putting um, some points in throughout the project to review this, review the time and almost re reframe it and almost remind people of that time commitment? Because, you know, you might, like Lauren says, we talk about it at the start of a project and say, yeah, your project lead is going to need two or three days a week. But then there might be some quieter periods of time, just maybe when maybe when uh, the, the implementation partner, in, you know, in the midst of, of building, but then it comes of building the system and it comes down to testing and training. And like Lauren said, that is a full time job. So it might just be about almost having those checkpoints throughout the project almost just check in on, on that time and, and really again re, you know, reaffirm how much time this takes to be successful 
but it does come in peaks and troughs. Yeah, yeah, it definitely comes in peaks and troughs. Like and I, I think you both said it, but yeah, don't, don't think fans necessarily believe us when we tell them just how much it's going to take. <clears throat> as a kind of, as a, it's, not, it's not a side to that, it's definitely aligned with it. But do you think that whole conversation about kind of clarity of roles and um, who does what and where, where where responsibility lies extends to your role as well, you know, as a change manager, as a, as a project manager? Do you think clients necessarily understand just what you do and importantly, what you don't do as part of delivering the project? I can see a smile or two out there. <laughs> um, not always. And one of the things I would say about having a successful project and what clients can do to contribute is taking ownership. It is their project and it is their product. Our job is to make the project a success and to get them the product that they need. Um, it's not necessarily what they want. And that's part of what we do with the tech partner to really, you know, drill down into what it is they need. Um, but absolutely, it's the client taking ownership and understanding, really understanding what our role is. And at the end of the project, we will walk away and the client and the tech partner will then have the relationship and will be working together. And part of our job is making sure that they have a good relationship, you know, doing everything that we can to encourage open, honest discussions between the two parties. Um, but, yeah, certainly it's it's understanding for longer projects as well. We're working with clients for quite a long time. It is understanding that it isn't our project or our product the client has to take ownership of it we're not the product experts we don't use it and we won't be using it once it goes live yeah and i i would i would agree with those points but i also think it is is almost about yeah you know but training the, the client as well at the start around that around our roles and responsibilities and again it comes back to that that, that framing and i think for them to be successful is about understanding the you know, value add that we can bring and setting them up for long-term success. You know, I think it could be a danger if people become a little bit over-reliant on, on us, then, you know, like Lauren said, once we walk away, you know, we want to make sure that, the, that this is a long-term success for them and that they make the most of the product that they're getting. It isn't just, right, that's it now and we stop. It's about seeing that, that through. And I think if we can slowly work on that throughout the project with them, hopefully by the time we step away, they're confident enough to take over those roles and responsibilities and really make it a success and not become so dependent on on us by the end of the project yeah i think we talk a lot don't we about projects being a learning process for the clients you know they can't um they can't really know what modern technology can give them until uh, until they actually start to see it and that we know that's and that's a natural challenge for everybody but the same actually applies doesn't it really with in terms of what it takes to deliver a project so kind of you know, the bulk of your role is delivering the project, but there's definitely that undercurrent in, isn't there, of of part of the role being showing the client what it takes to succeed so that they can then take that forward. Is that fair? Yeah, I think I think that's that's very, very fair. I think it's about learning, you know, how technology partners work and how they can work with their, you know, rest of their organization as this evolves. And I think it is that learning around you're not just replacing like like tech, you know, you're improving your tech and there's so much you can do with it. It's almost like even on big projects, once you go live, it's almost like this is an MVP and there's so much more potential in there. And it's almost like training them up to take on those those next phases of work and those enhancements themselves. And they can then take that on and make it a success in the long term. But it is a very much a learning process. And I've seen it with clients that, you know, come the end, they are a lot more confident and to take this on and manage, manage this themselves and really maximise benefits of their investment. 
Yeah. Lauren, would you have you seen that too? Do you think so? That as as the clients and the teams go through the project, they do start to see that. I know I certainly have projects I've delivered in the past where at the end of it, clients are like, "If only I'd known now uh, at the beginning what I know now," sort of thing. You know, yeah. and that's quite impossible. You can't. You know, it's really quite tough to, to square that circle, right? But it, it comes back to yeah, part of your role, I guess, is a significant part of your role is to teach them as well as helping them succeed in that. Because we're in a phase, right? We're in a technology implementation part, which is a phase of a change program that will last, as you said so well earlier, Lauren, well beyond us, you know, be the tech partner and the client for them to really, the whole premise here is right. How do they succeed? How do they help us succeed? The success is what happens after we walk out the door, actually, isn't it? That's the that's where their success comes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, Billy mentioned MVP. Part of what we do is trying to get clients to focus on what do you what's absolutely essential for you to go live with the system and let's focus on getting that delivered let's not try and get in all of the bells and whistles that can come in a later phase but for that to happen then you know we may be involved in later phases of development we might not and if we're not then we want to make sure that we've empowered the client so that they feel confident in those later phases that you know, they know what they need to do. They need to get their requirements. They need to be working with the partner. They need to be doing all of the testing, making sure they're happy before they sign off. Everything that we've worked with them on, we want them to, yeah, feel empowered, to feel confident to be able to do that without us. Because ideally with the system, you're going to keep making improvements. We want our clients to have a relationship with the partners for years and years. And, you know, there's always ever-changing tech that they're going to want. And they don't want to have to rely on us to do that. Any change that they want, they need to be empowered to be able to do it themselves. Yeah, that is like you say, that's part of the deal, isn't it? That we want to show them how it's done, teach them how it's done, and then leave them to continue in that vein down the line, uh, which is that point about it's a learning process, learn about the tech, learn about projects. Um, and, and indeed, learn, yeah, we talk about nothing being predetermined, don't we? You know, the actual what their MVP might look like may not be what they originally envisaged. It's all of those pieces coming together. Quite a jigsaw, really, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Did someone say Rubik's Cube? I've heard that one before. <laughs> it's certainly an art form, I'd say that much. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Change management is an art form. I get, I get that for sure. Cool. I think that's a really good, actually, point to um, pause on that then there, because, yeah, as we say, it's, it is a bit of an art form and there's lots of um parts in there that everybody plays from from us at heart square to the clients to the technology partners to help make it a success so hopefully today everyone listening um got a bit of nugget of information there but i'd just like to say thank you to billy and lauren for taking part in the discussion today really appreciate it thank you thank yeah, you thanks guys that's really really good So we hope you enjoyed that episode with Lauren and Billy. Um, it was really great to sit down and chat with them really and get their perspective on how clients can contribute to project success. Um, is there anything in particular you picked up from the discussion, Rob? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, as you say, it was great to get, you know, they've got so much insight, haven't they, from the number of Definitely. projects that they've done. And the message that came through loud and clear for me was, you know, the key to this is about 
making sure there's, there's absolute clarity really on roles and responsibilities, you know, so that everybody knows exactly what's expected of them, what they need to do, you know, and, and how much time it's going to take actually, because that's something that's often underestimated. But they were really clear, yeah, you know, if the right, if, if the people, if people know what's expected of them, they are then able to to deliver against that, and that's what actually means that clients and in fact everyone involved in the project gets to contribute towards it. So yeah, no, really good, really good session. Yeah, definitely. And there's hopefully some really great takeaways for our audience as well. So um, if you do enjoy this episode, be sure to leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified of the latest episodes. Um, As always, don't forget you can follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter by searching HeartSquare, where you'll find loads more content on themes of leadership, digital, culture and capability. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.